1: All right, everybody, happy holidays, one and all. It is Monzo, it is Melusas It's is Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. It is late in December. The holidays are right around the corner. Moose is not feeling any stress at all. Holidays, no, presents, oh, meals, oh, you name it. Uh, and yeah. we, got, we still got races going on. We talk about it every week. This season never ends. And we have, if you look around <clears throat> every weekend for a track that has really good racing, you'll find it. And we found it this week, and that's the fairgrounds. Down in New Orleans, holiday season here. And they have a really big card, a lot of stakes races. We're gonna go through the late four pick, a uh, late pick four moose. Uh happy holidays to you and your family. I know uh, yeah a nice quiet few days at the house. So uh yeah, I mean you're prepared, no, you're I not you're not husband, you prepare. No, I need
0: How you feeling? Yeah, just stress. It's been, you know, a very stressful time. <laughs> I mean, it's just very stressful. My yeah, you know, it's whether it be the gifts, whether it be like you're hosting Christmas and uh then you know my wife doesn't cook so everything's on me to cook I was out at the grocery store last night from like like here's where it's like it's frustrating like Donna's like oh I have to go out at like 5.45 I was like okay she's like are you gonna run to the grocery store now it's 5.15 I go Donna that's like an hour and a half trip like I have to get Stuff for the gravy. I have to get the the spiral ham, the potatoes, the carrots, the string beans. I got to make the stuffed mushrooms. Like I, I got to get all those ingredients. That's not like a 20-minute jaunt to the grocery store. That's multiple stores. Like that's not – and so I listen, I'm, I'm happy to host. I'm happy to be home. It's great, fantastic, all that stuff. But then you throw in my – I got three boys. They're very rambunctious. Um, they beat each other up. When, you don't, when you're not staring at them, they just religiously beat each other up. My youngest, Gregory, has a propensity for getting bloody noses. So I'm on the phone with, I got to make a call today to like, you know, I'm calling like SiriusXM uh, about something. Gregory runs into the room, blood pouring out of his nose, all over the rug. I had to, I, I'm like, what is going on? Because Jackson decided to drill him in the nose with a ball um and so like this is this is like just a little bit of a grasp of what i'm dealing with and it's like you know merry christmas relaxing you think back you like watch movies like and it's like oh i have a cup of eggnog listen to a little bing crosby you know you got the fire going in front of the fireplace nice and relaxing everyone's calm no it's 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 like survival of the fittest that's really what my house is it's like survival every day is a battle every day is an absolute battle one wants biscuits, the other one wants uh, bacon and eggs, the other one wants tuna. Like, it's like, it's just every freaking day, this is what it is. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to miss it. I only complain because, you know, I don't go see a therapist on a day-in, day-out basis. This is basically my therapy. But this is it. I mean, this is it. And then I get a call from my wife right before we tape the podcast. She's out, you know, doing shopping and running errands. This. Uh, she's like, how's home? I'm like, yeah, it's great. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I, I'm, I'm making sausage here, eggs, tuna. I got to tape a podcast. Gregory's nose was just bleeding profusely. My dad's texting me that he's on his way over. Like, what do you mean? What's wrong? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep all the balls in the air. Like, this is what, like, there's nothing wrong. I'm just, I, I, I have no idea. Like, my head's on a swivel.
1: And now you're going to give us the winner in the ninth at fairgrounds, the Untappable. So, I'm yeah, that's right. I ponies. I'm I mean, excited. I did not think you'd get that deep into it. But by the way, let me give you some advice here. I think I've told you this before. Now I'm going to say it on record. Instacart, one of these, down, one of these apps that allows you to. Order your groceries online, make your life so much easier. Just trust me on this one. Okay, trust me on this one. It will make your someone who's got a schedule like yours makes your life easier, especially when you got to squeeze
0: in the late pick four at fairgrounds.
1: So, yes, no,
0: listen, I love mm-hmm. you know. I listen, I love my kids and you. my wife is great and this and that. It's not a matter of that. It's just anyone that has kids or multiple kids, like if you have one kid, it's like I mean, it's. You throw in multiples. You've got like, you know, an entire village in your household. I don't know how you do it, but yeah, you're right. Instacart, I'll start to use that. Thank you. I got no complaints. It's quiet here. Everybody's good. So, yeah, very <laughs> nice. such <laughs> <laughs> such a. He's such a...
1: <laughs> All right, really? we are going to start race nine after that uh, therapy session with the moose at the fairgrounds on Saturday, the day before Christmas Eve, the untappable $100,000 on the dirt. One mile for two-year-old Phillies and Field the six here, going poster, as you would say. Alpine Princess, three to one on the morning line. Band of Gold, eight to one on the morning line. Sistina Chapel, five to one on the morning line for Ken McPeak. Fibber, four to one on the morning line. Le- Legedima, Legedima, three to one on the morning line. And West Omaha, your morning line favorite for Brad Cox out of West Coast. Joel Rosario on board, five to two on the morning line. Moose and I thought. Good betting race, considering it's only a six-horse field. I think the favorite on the outside, West Omaha, certainly has put up solid buyer speed figures in the two races. Goes a little longer here. West Coast was a solid uh, runner. Uh, Really impressed last out as a a favorite. Um, I I think if you look at this race, there's a little bit of speed in it. Two horses like to go. Those are the two outside horses. Um, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking for a horse that's going to get a good trip. Of course, it's got a little bit of foundation, uh, a rider that's got a lot of experience. I landed on this three, Sistina Chapel, who I know is a little light in the buyer speed figures. But if you think the five and six are going to go and you think maybe somebody stalks, <clears throat> like maybe Banda gold, sits a little closer. I think Sistina Chapel sits the trip, as you would say, um, and, and we we'll really appreciate that long stretch out at the fairgrounds. You're getting five to one on the morning line. Corey Lannery. Knows how to win these types of races. You look at these tracks like Churchill and Fairgrounds and Keeneland. He just finds ways to win races like this. It's not a super high end stakes race. This horse out of Liam's map, I think, makes a lot of sense here. You're getting a good price. And I haven't seen enough out of West Omaha at five to two. I know super impressive last out, but I think a very beatable favorite. I mean, it could regress down um, in buyers my top pick sistina chapel 3 to 1 on the i'm um, 5 to 1 on the morning line
0: yeah i was between i was between your top pick sistina chapel uh, and the one they ironically ran 1 2 in their last race at churchill downs and i ended up going with Alpine princess i'd never bet and west omaha might win the race rosario cox nothing not to like about the human connections um a daughter out of west coast i don't think the distance will be an issue but i have no idea i mean there's no Foundation for a mile and 70 yards has run at two seven furlong races. I agree with you. I think the five and the seven, five and the six both want to go, but I would never bet West Omaha at five to two on the morning line. Um, But I think this race goes through Brad Cox on the inside, Alpine Princess. Um, At a classic empire, you know, the two turns, not an issue. Obviously has run at six furlongs, seven furlongs, then a mile and a 16th in the Alcabides at, at Keeneland. Uh, 10 to 1 that day, uh, didn't run particularly well, um, but then came back and won an allowance race out at Churchill Downs and did it pretty impressively and uh, was odds on that day. Um, I think an improving daughter of Classic Empire, uh, you know, the, the workouts are okay. Uh, one thing I, I'm a little concerned about, she's got this pattern of good race, bad race, good race, bad race. When you're looking at the buyer speed figures, 54, then 74, 42, 74. has not been able to pair up. You know, two really good races in a row. That's a little concerning. That's what maybe, maybe think about a little bit uh, more about Sistina Chapel, your top pick at the three at five to one on the morning line, because there's just been a natural progression 53, 66, 70, 70. Ken McPeak, Corey Linery, you mentioned it, um, have no issues. Liam's map should be able to get the distance. I, I think the race goes to, uh, uh, you know, to either the one or the three. I'm going to side with the one three to one on the morning line. You went with the three at five to one on the morning line, but I think those are the two top two who ironically ran one two in their last race.
1: And you know that you and I will be playing a nice heavy exacta on those two. Moving on to the tenth fairgrounds, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf, the Buddy Delaberto Memorial for three year olds and upward, nice little purse, hundred thousand dollars, pretty big field. And you look all the way on the outside, the twelve horse, two Emmys, three to one on the morning line. Your morning line favorite hasn't run since February, but Uh, really a a really solid competitor, especially at the fairgrounds. This is the board 9 out of 11 times, certainly a deserving favorite. I think it's tough to take a horse like this, drawing all the way on the outside, not the only speed horse off a really big layoff. Do you think two Emmys is just too good for this field, or are you able to go elsewhere?
0: No, no, I'm going to go elsewhere, but I'll let you lead the way because you said you absolutely, before we started recording this podcast, you said you loved a horse in this race. I do.
1: I do. I love a horse. So I
0: want to hear the horse that you absolutely love and adore in this race.
1: I love and adore. I love the Seventh street ready. Uh, Corey Lannery again, uh, if you put a mark to the last two, which I know were not particularly well, and you look at pretty much every race before that super competitive outruns the odds just about every time versatility can come well off the pace, can be close to the pace. I've seen this horse close really well, uh, working like a freight train, um this horse is off the claim maker you talk about how much maker has these horses ready to go um yeah speed figures if this horse can get back to where it was you know six eight months ago almost a year ago run in the mid 90s um gets an a level rider i think makes a lot of sense here at a price you're getting 10 to 1 on the morning line i think when you look up and down this field has run against really good horses, has run against Soldier Rising, has run against Proven Strategies, has run against City Man, who's a big horse in New York. So you're seeing this horse has competed against some of these very solid B-plus runners on the turf. gets a C-level field here, in my opinion. If this horse rights itself, Street Ready's back to the Street Ready we saw about a year ago, I think at a price can be your winner.
0: Yeah, Yeah, uh, that's fair. The only concern I had when looking at the past performances about Street Ready is... You know, you have to go back to last year for those races in 23 hasn't been particularly good. Um, that's that's the only issue I, I listen, maker on the lawn. A lot of people have made a lot of money with Mike maker runners on the lawn. Um, and so uh, he is obviously one that is a, a, a maestro at doing it. I can understand that you're looking and trying to find a little bit of a price. I agree with you. I'm looking for a little bit of a price in the race. Um, I didn't land on your horse the seven street ready. Um, I'm gonna land on the failed favorite last race uh, at the fairgrounds, and I landed on the 10 beatbox, uh Joel Rosario, Sherry DeVoe. Um third race off the layoff. Um buyer speed figures do fit. Clearly needed the break after the race April at Keeneland. Um ran terribly in that race, gave gave beatbox a um, you know, a son of Pioneer of the Nile, a little bit of a break, and has obviously bounced back. Last two efforts: one October in Keeneland, the other one November, late November at Fairgrounds. Back to back races of the Fairgrounds takes a massive jockey switch uh, from Pedroza now to Joel Rosario. Rosario rode him two races back at Keeneland uh, in their fall championship meet. Um, so I do like that. That's where I landed at six to one on the morning line. I landed with the ten beat box
1: horse I think you have to throw in there
0: is the horse just to the outside
1: of him. That's the 11 Harlan Estate. 6-1 to on the morning line, and I love going through this stuff. I can have these kind of conversations all day. Two backs, finished behind up to the mark and Master of the Seas, who was a Breeders' Cup horse, um, and behind set piece. If you look back earlier, beat English B back in Kentucky Downs in the Tappet. English B finished second to Casa Creed. We know how great Casa Creed has been. And if you look even further back, going back to the Arlington, um, finished just a length behind Set Piece, uh, who was your winner that day. And Set Piece, we know how good this horse. So this horse, again, going kind of back to my argument with Street Ready, has run against some of these really B plus A minus horses and gets, I think, a little bit of a weak field. So Harlan Estate stayed at six to one. I think is a nice price running against a little lesser here.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, two, I found, and it's a big field of thirteen. Um, Couple of those ones that I found uh, interesting. Uh, right to the inside of my uh, top pick, the ten beatbox rising empire six to one on the morning line. Loveberry Brendan Walsh, second start off of the layoff, um, has had some success in turf. Has run in grade twos and grade threes at fairgrounds, Keeneland, Pimlico. Um, is has ran either first or second in all of his performances or efforts at the fairgrounds. Um, ran second only time at this distance on Saturday. I think you got to use the nine rising empire. And I think if you're one for digging deep into past performances, I think you got to go to the outside 13 law professor from for Rabi Atras and uh, Laurent Giroux. Third start off the layoff. I don't want to sound repetitive, but if you did go all the way back and want to say, well, this horse is running the Pimlico special, the Woodward, the Fayette, the Razorback, uh, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Um a lot of son of constitution, a gelding I should say out of constitution, but a son. Uh, gotta go all the way back uh and, and see the the two perf- or the performances on the turf. You know, law professors run four times on the turf has won two of those four four efforts, one for one at the distance as well. You're getting eight to one on the morning line. I'm interested to see when, you know, you start to see the paramutual wagering, what the odds are on Law Professor at eight to one, um, because I, I think that the odds board could lead you to whether or not this horse is really live. But I would use Law Professor underneath just for the very fact of the back class who he's run up against over the course of his career, um, even with the limited amount of of ter- performances, uh, only four races on the turf, but it's shown you uh, has an affinity to for- run for it.
1: You know, you make it like you're so crazy, and the household is nuts. You put really a lot of thought into these races, and you're a great analyst. I appreciate that. <laughs> you got it.
0: You're such a wise ass. I appreciate it. I appreciate. I love you, Mons. But yeah, well, sometimes you got to get away. This is what I'm doing at midnight. While, I'm wide, while the kids are finally sleeping and you have a peaceful household. I'm looking at past performances.
1: Race 11 at the fairgrounds of Tenacious, $100,000 on the line, a mile on the 16th, three-year-olds and upward on the dirt moose. And out of the four we're looking at, this to me was the most challenging race. I, I honestly yeah. – I don't want to, like, downplay the race itself. I was – I looked at it and I was like, I don't really like anybody. <laughs> like, I was looking at – I'm trying to look at the race flow. There's a good amount of speed in this race. None of the closers seem really appealing. I landed on the four stage rider. I uh, was coming off two unimpressive performances, but if you go back and not too long ago, we're talking about September and August, where this horse probably ran two of his best races of his career, did run two of his best races of his career, um, in the ACAC, uh, in another stakes race at Ellis Park, uh, in a situation where he gets the A rider, Hernandez. DeVoe is running really well, running at 25%. Um, I think he's going to get the pace set up. You know, uh, there's a lot of horses that like to go here. Pioneer of Medina likes to go. Multiple horses like to be on the lead. This horse just sits. I think we'll get the trip. And I think as they turn for home, as some of these speed horses start to back up, Stage Raiders, Stage Raider, Stage Raider is going to be the horse that's going to make the biggest move moving forward. And I think if he goes back to that race, the ak where he finished behind Zozo's, or going back to the, the stakes race at Ellis Park, where he ran away, you know, winning the race at 19-1 to 1 by two lengths, you're going to look at a good performance here, but again, very soft feel here. Don't particularly love the race, but if I have, if I, and I'm going to bet this horse to win the four Stage Raider five to one on the morning line.
0: Yeah, I mean everything you said about the race, I agree. Um, you know, sometimes you look at races a little bit more of a, a dart throw or kind of a a projection. Than than anything else. Like, what do you make of Dash Attack, who you know ran brilliantly at Churchill Downs two races back, had a 101 buyer speed figure, then ran in the grade two Fayette, and say, Well, he didn't really ran up the track, didn't run particularly well. You want to say, Well, maybe that's not exactly the quality of Dash Attack for Ken McPeak and and David Cohn. You look at you know, Happy American, what do you make of Happy American? You go back to when he was running in July and June and April. Well, buyer speed figures are there. Since he's returned from his layoff, has had an 83 and a 69. Okay, well, not exactly in the best of form going into the race. Five-star general, you can make the same thing again. You know, you you look at two races back at Churchill Downs, a grade two event. You know, had a 64 buyer speed figure, ran up the track, finished eighth, beaten by 22 and a half lengths, and nearly 18 to one, came back and ran well in the Delta Mile at Delta Downs. But still, what do you make of now – Uh, You know, of the of the Forster and and Pedroza one, I landed on one where I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that Pioneer of Medina desperately needs the lead. Um, I know coming off a very, very poor performance um, in uh, the return race at Churchill Downs late November ran a 60 buyer speed figure, um, you know, it was nearly five to one that day, finished fifth, beaten by 21 lengths, you know, an open, you know, a claiming event, $150,000 claiming event, previously trained by Todd Pletcher, now trained by Brad Cox. Florangiru replaces Luis Saez aboard, has run in grade threes and grade twos before, and even ran in the grade one uh, Kentucky Derby. You go back to all the way back to May of 2022 was a long shot that day. Um, I think Pioneer Medina has shown enough in the past that can sit just off the pace and be able to make a strike. I'm going on the idea of projecting here a little bit of a back class. I'm going on the idea that he is not completely soured after the performance. And maybe now the step up into the Brad Cox bar- barn from Todd Pletcher, not knocking Todd Pletcher, maybe you get the best of him. Like the fact that, you know, Cox gets one of his go riders, Floron Giroux aboard seven to two on the morning line. That's where I landed on. Uh, that's who I landed on in in um, at Fairgrounds here um, in race eleven. I landed I landed on the Seven Pioneer of Medina at seven to two on the morning line. Now, not my favorite bet of the day. We're handicapping three races at the Fairgrounds on Saturday. I'd probably rank this fourth uh, of my per, of my selections on Saturday, but that's who I went with in the eleven. Top of
1: the stretch time, the twelfth at the Fairgrounds is the Gun Runner. That's the main event of the day. A mile and the sixteenth. On the fairgrounds dirt for two-year-olds, Moose, and I'm going to be a lame here. You know, it's yeah. very tough for me to get past the six Nash at 7-5 on the morning line for Brad Cox, for Andrew, who I think if you look at the debut, was well-backed, ran a very solid second to a horse that really ran, uh, outran the odds in Booth, and ran a really good second. And then last out um, at Churchill, a mile and a 16th on the stretch out, puts up a 97, wins for fun by 10 lengths against nine horses, Geared down, uh, pulls away, wins by 10, uh, solid buyer speed figures. Everything worked out that day. And I don't think there's anybody here, even if you look all the way on the outside and that's track phantom, I I just don't think any of these horses are as talented as Nash. And I think the morning line is very telling. This horse, based on these performances, could have easily been five to two. And they're so, they just believe so much in that performance that they think this horse is a seven to five shot. And I, I completely agree with them. Only other speed horses all the way on the outside. I don't think that horse is as fast. <clears throat> I think Nash is your runaway winner. I think we're looking at a really good horse, an upcoming horse. Um, my daughter's middle name is Nash. Rick Nash is one of my favorite Rangers. So a lot to like there for me on a personal level. Nash, 7-5, to five, top pick, would be a single and a pick four and a pick three. One of my best bets of the day. I know it's not as, as exciting as 7-5, and I rarely pick a favorite that short, but I think Nash is virtually unbeatable in this race. What about if? What about if Track Phantom goes with him? I don't think I don't think Track Phantom is as fast. I, I just don't think Track Phantom can keep up.
0: Well, I mean, you look at it. I mean, he, he's not as fast as the six furlong performance. He went a half and forty five, right? But if you look at that performance at Churchill Downs. He went twenty three forty seven and four over a mile and a sixteenth. If you go back to Track Phantom's last race at Churchill Downs. Um, went twenty-three and, and forty-eight, right? So yeah, I mean you could look at it and say, well, he's he's clearly, I don't know, about five lengths off, right? But he also is outside of of two horses. And if he wants to try and push it, because the interesting thing is Asmussen's got two horses in this race. Track Phantom's got Torres aboard at seven to two on the morning line. And then amazingly enough, he's got Risk It the three at five to one on the morning line. Asmussen, as well. And look who happens to be riding that horse, Joel Rosario, who's the son of Gunrunner, uh, the three risked who they spent half a million dollars on at the Keelan September sale, has run 79, 76, 78, second race off the layoff, coming off a group two, a grade two event at Churchill Downs late November. What about if it's a scenario where you have a, a speed jockey, and Torres is a good speed jockey if you watch him ride? Say if they go out and and Torres is one that's going to push, um, push the the six Nash on the front end. You could be a scenario where if risk It or somebody else is good enough coming from behind, where they get a little bit of a pace to run at, going a mile in a sixteen. I don't disagree with you that Nash is not talented. It's it's Cox. It's Drew. It's Medallia Dioro. Um, There's nothing not to like in the 97 buyer speed figure. The fact that he's been, you know, nearly odds on in each of his first two races. No question about it. Very, very talented horse. However, when you look at you like to talk about it all the time, race flow. You know, I'm going on the idea. And this is just, you know, the idea that I think the eight is going to push the six. Now, if the eight doesn't and we're a quarter mile into the race and the six has got an uncontested lead, then Brian, you're going to be right. I mean, he's going to win the race by probably daylight, right? He's going to win it going away. If I go on the idea that the eight can push him on the front end, um, I'm going to go with the other Asmussen. I'm going to go with the three, risk it. Um, I think it's interesting looking at the jockey, who's riding who in this race. Um, I'll take the five to one on the morning line, you know, for, you know, beer and pizza money. Um, and I'll, I'll take a I'll take a shot with what I do believe is a talented son of gun runner that they do have high hopes for that one of the best jockeys in the country is riding at the fairgrounds on Saturday. I'm going to go with the, the three risk it uh, in ha- ironically enough, the son a son of gun runner in the gun runner at the fairgrounds on Saturday. So the six, three exact, box will be my play. I also think
1: Nash has the ability to rate should the eight go. You saw it in the debut, uh, sat behind a horse and didn't fade just the other horses better that day so i think the horse has got a lot of tools a lot of talent but i agree with you on the race flow it does make a lot of sense and i would not be overly stunned if Risket ran a big race and was making a big move late i will play that six three exact box moves out of these races what's your best bet
0: uh it's not the last two um i'd probably go all the way you know we're gonna we're gonna go mano a mano in our best bets because i really like beatbox the 10 for rosario and Devoe um in the uh in the ninth in the 10th at fairgrounds on saturday yeah
1: my best is go- my best bet will be uh, in that race that'll be the seventh street ready 10 to 1 on the morning line so make sure you play that exact end like i talked about make sure you throw in harlan state in there as well moose uh
0: have a nice stress-free holiday Enjoy. yeah merry christmas everybody thanks for thanks for listening uh hopefully we get a little lucky i had a six to one winner last Pick week war campaign yes yeah, six to one big we one picked three races gave you a six to one winner so we were successful last week hopefully we're able to keep it going and um we'll be uh out some additional selections and some other stuff throughout the course of the day on saturday but uh happy holidays merry christmas thanks for thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe and uh, appreciate you. Like and
1: subscribe to the podcast. We will have one more podcast for you in this calendar year coming up next week. And before you know
0: it, Moose, it will be, amazingly enough, 2024. That's it. And Brian will no longer be a Florida resident. He'll once again be a New Jersey resident. That is correct. Thank you. I'll be in the cold with you. (laughs) (laughs) But next year we can go to Monmouth, get a little Jersey mics, sit on the shore have a couple beer dogs and call it a day. Give Kenny Peck a call and away we go.
1: Away we go. The trio's back together. <laughs> Moose, we will speak, my brother. Take care. Happy holidays. You got a happy holiday. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.